You're listening to Black Humboldt's new podcast, Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. What up? This Queen D rocking this body from East Coast to Humboldt. Woo! Hey, this is Dilar, healing souls on the streets. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo, mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. The artist's role is to raise the consciousness of the people, to make them understand life, the world, and themselves more completely. That's how I see it. Otherwise, I don't know why you do it. Amiri Baraka. This week, we're featuring DJ L Boogie and how she exists in Humboldt County. What's up, everybody? We have DJ L Boogie in the house. Hey, y'all. Hey, L Boogie. Ain't no party like an L Boogie party because L Boogie party don't stop. DJ L Boogie is our local black woman holding it down in the music and broadcast industry here. DJ L Boogie locally DJs at the Griffin. Yes, DJ L Boogie, always the best surprise when you pop in to the Grown Folk Club over at the Griffin, and it's actually a dance party. In a county that is dominated by white voices, L Boogie over the years has provided kind of a, a, a black voice in Humboldt County media with coverage of like Nipsey Hussle's death, um, Josiah Lawson's murder, even having some of our local artists on KHSU to, you know, share some of their work and some of their, their message outside of their work to the masses. From her time at KHSU to being DJ L Boogie at the Griffin. And L Boogie's been holding it down in Humboldt County for a very long time. So DJ L Boogie, can you please tell us about your artistry? Um, a little bit more, like we understand that you're a DJ, but tell us about the art of DJing. Tell us about your art. Um, well, I've always said music is unifying, music is healing. Um, in addition to that, music tells a story. And I can tell my story through someone else's story in a song. And that's what I do whenever I DJ. Um, I can set the mood, I can set the vibe, I can change your emotion, I can uh, change your way of thinking, feeling, being all in the music that I present. And I think my energy uh, adds to the performance, so to speak. So um, yeah, through, through um, through all of those things, through my energy, through the music and how I present it, I, I set a vibe. And I think that is what best describes my artistry. Um, I can calm a crowd. Sometimes I've had to. Uh, when people are getting a little too rowdy, I, I, I bring it down. When people are being a... Uh, Fuddy duddies. I won't say grandmas because I'm a grandma. Um, but when when people are being fuddy duddies, you know, I, I, I know how to move the crowd. So uh, that's what I do. And that's what I love doing. You know, this is something I always wanted to ask you. And I've been meaning to ask you in the three years that I've known you. 
Um, can you tell us about how you began your artist journey? Sure. So um, I'm from Los Angeles. I was born and raised. Um, my father loved music. And whenever I got into the car with him, he was always playing KKGO. It was an old school um, traditional jazz radio station. And I always, and my father was 56 when I was born. So he was an old man all of my life. So I always secretly listened, but I hated listening to the old people music that he listened to, as I called it. Um, conversely, I remember getting into my aunt's car, his sister, and she played KGFJ. And I always loved the uh, delivery of the DJs, how they um, announce songs and music, and the melodic style of what they did. Um, and I add that to my environment growing up. Um, I have five brothers and sisters. They're all anywhere from eight years older than I am to 19 years older than I am. So I remember waking up on... Uh, Sunday mornings, that was our cleaning day, not Saturday mornings, but Sunday morning, um, my brother would play and wear out Sly Stone, It's a Family Affair. Um, my sister would uh, be playing stuff from Total Experience Music, which was a record label that was incidentally right down the street from my home. So I was always listening to popular music in my home. And I remember snooping in my brother's closet and I found a book on broadcasting. And it was, uh, strangely as it may seem, it was Geraldo Rivera. And as you know, Geraldo Rivera, now he is a conservative um, journalist that I do not look up to, but at that time, he was the only person who I had ever seen who was on TV who had dark skin. And it, it puzzled me. Um, then I started playing around with tape recorders and recording music and recording the same song over and over again, making my own mixes and scratching and mixing and blending through a tape recorder and two ta uh, tape decks. And um, then I came here to Humboldt in 1986, studying uh, broadcasting. And then Oprah happened. Oprah was the first, 1987, I think, the Oprah Winfrey show um, aired for the first time nationally. And I remember running from the HSU campus to my apartment near Samoa so I could see a black woman as a broadcaster. And um, I dropped out of school uh, later on that school year, but the, the love for music, the love for broadcasting, the love for journalism always sat with me. So during that time, people would ask me to make mixtapes for them people would ask me to DJ their parties. And at that time I didn't have any equipment. I just had a home stereo 
and I would bring a series of cassette tapes and I would uh, go from cassette deck to cassette deck and I was DJing New Year's Eve parties with the home stereo system. <laughs> and uh, hilarious. Oh, it, it's real. Yeah. And then uh, I came back here in 2007 and I really got involved in radio. And I um, joined KRFH, which is the student-run radio station. And I guess you can say the rest is history. And it was at that time, at the age of 40, I started DJing. And it started as a radio DJ. And from there, it uh, evolved into not only radio DJing, but uh, DJing at uh, local events, parties, and then um, the Griffin. I am there, basically their resident DJ. Um, once COVID is over, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get back there. But that's how it all began. And, you know, it started with two tape decks and record and pause and record and pause and record and pause. And it's evolved into um, MP3s, my iPad, my computer. Uh, I have not perfected actually DJing on wax and vinyl. Uh, but because of the way uh, the, the, the craft has evolved, I don't know if I ever need to. Because um, I am too damn old to be carrying around crates of vinyl. And turntables, those big, heavy, old-school turntables. Yeah, uh, Technique 1200s probably weigh 30 pounds a piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I'm good. So, and also, I mean, you maybe I missed it, but didn't you say you came back to HSU? So you're an educated Black woman. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, educated Black woman with or without the paper. However, however... I believe uh, Black women in the United States are the most educated of those with college degrees at this time. So I'm proud to be in the number. There's a quote by Dr. Darnisa Amante Jackson that says, the reason that equity has to exist is because there is a, a visible, invisible system of oppression that is creating very visible and non-visible structural barriers that the reason we often don't have people of color in leadership roles is not because of a lack of skill. It's an unconscious bias around who we believe is an expert. Absolutely. And you, DJ L Boogie, I believe is an expert. And I don't need a piece of paper or somebody else to tell me that you know how to throw down because I have been in your experience in the Griffin when you throw down. Okay. And I will say you always put me in a good mood. Sometimes I actually be on my way home from work and I'm like, I got a text or I like looked on Instagram and they're like, oh, DJ L Boogie's at the Griffin. I'm like, making a pit stop <laughs> before I go home because I had a long, hard day <laughs> working in these organizations that have a lack of diversity. And um, you just always bring the cultural appreciation. Um, and I just appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I think because of my age, 
and my background, it shapes not only who I am, but what I offer. Um, like I said, my, my dad played straight ahead jazz. Um, so I can go from Miles to Dinah and I can go from there to the baby or Beyonce and everything in between. Um, the junior high and high school, or excuse me, they're now called middle schools, but the middle school and high school that I attended, um, they were culturally diverse. So not only did I grow up hearing Sugar Hill Gang and um, Houdini and Run DMC, I also heard Journey and Guns N' Roses and Metallica and Selena and uh, everything else. Uh, I, when I DJ at the Griffin, I have an 80s night. And 80s night can be anything from soul to soul or not, not soul to soul, let's see. Um, yeah, I'll say soul to soul or, or um, the SOS band to Anita Baker to Oingo Boingo or suicidal tendencies or uh, Selena or anything in between. Yeah, I do. I would say you do have a very diverse, um, a diverse un understanding um, of music because yeah, I listen to all those things via my mom, right? So those are nostalgic for me, but also I feel like as a part of the, the older part of the millennials, yes. like, I'm like, oh, DJ Boogie knows what I grew to, too. And then also, like, extending that culture outside of American context, because I am Nigerian, you also know some Niger beats. So I'll be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I feel like, I mean, and there's, you know, reggae music, reggae thong. Like, I've, I've heard you play it all. And um, I, I really appreciate that. So speaking of the Griffin, what are some projects you're working on now, whether it's public or private, um, whether it's completed or not completed, like how have you uh, tried to adapt to COVID within, you know, your art form? So I have um, done through the Griffin, something called Sunday brunch, uh, the COVID, uh, the COVID sessions or the champagne sessions where I've DJ right here in my living room. And um, I, it's on hold right now because of that damn Mark Zuckerberg and uh, cutting music off. You know, it's, it's amazing. You see um, Questlove or D-Nice grooving for hours and hours and hours. And some people say, oh, because they're artists, they get, uh, they get love and they're not cut off. But they, they use tricks in DJing. They use echo effects to change the algorithm of music. They uh, change the beats per minute or simply talk over um, the music. And that is, th those are some of the tricks that prevent them from being cut off. Wait a minute. Are you saying that because of the copyrights that these uh, the algorithm catches on these social media platforms, there are ways around it? Absolutely. But I was watching these two uh, professional dancers dance on IG, and they were talking and dancing, but they got cut off. They did get cut off? Yeah, but this was Instagram, so it could be different. I don't know. 
So who owns Instagram? You know what? So thick. So Instagram, Facebook are they're connected. They're both owned by uh, Facebook, which is owned by uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and. Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook went into an exclusive agreement, which sounded like a cool thing when it happened with some music platforms. But by doing that, they are directly connected or linked with, um, with the music platforms that will shut you off if you're using copyrighted material. So I, let's see, March and April, I was DJing every week and they would cut me off and then they would mute music. So these same videos that are still on Facebook, every couple of days, I will get a notice saying, uh, this song, uh, you have material that's copyright protected. Do you wish to delete it? Do you wish to uh, argue against it? Or just uh, let it stand muted? I will either fight for it, and they will let it pass or I opt to mute it and maybe a week later it'll come back again. You know, that's interesting because, you know, I'm thinking about being a theater artist, how I am, how a lot of playwrights are not uh, interested in stage readings on Zoom and whatnot, but they'll allow you to play it in, an, in a building, in a space, or in a, an event, right? Um, you know, so I'm thinking how, how much this correlates to your work. Like, you are doing the art of DJing, performing the art of DJing, yet the digital platforms hinders, hinders us from performing our art. Absolutely. And it's not that we want to steal any of these great artists' work. I want to be able to read a play on Zoom and open it to an audience but it's not that we're stealing. We're still saying, this is your words. This is your music, your lyrics, your, you know, all of what you created. And we want to help you showcase that because that's how artists come together. Right. So broadcasting on um, television or radio, usually that um, broadcaster will have uh, a licensing agreement. You pay uh a licensing fee with ASCAP, etc. You can't control nightclubs. Um, you can control uh, stage performances, but you can't control a small venue environment where something is being presented. So having um, Zoom or Twitch or Facebook Live or Instagram Live there's no way that you can control that. So this is where, I mean, SoundCloud, I can uh, put out a mix on SoundCloud, but it cannot be the original, uh, the original piece. I can mix it and make it my own and then it becomes original. So there are ways of getting around things. It's, it's just, um, it's, Terrible, especially during this time, that we can't show our appreciation for artists and share the love with others using these digital platforms. Wow, that was well said. That last line was well said. It, um, it's real. I mean, it it killed my spirit after um, the very last time I uh, 
I DJed in my home with the, the Griffin, it was a special tribute to Prince. Now, I knew I was going to be pushing the envelope because Prince is Prince. Even in death, he is a powerful man. So because of him and Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is probably one of the largest, next to BMG, one of the largest uh, music distributors in our country or the world, um, they pay close attention to copyright laws. So I changed the BPM on the music and usually, you know, when, when you have performances or people DJing, you got about 30 minutes before they cut you off. And I had already figured that out. And I was doing good. I was about 45, 50 minutes in, and they didn't just cut me off. They blocked my IP address. So I couldn't get back online, either using my internet or my data on my phone. And once that happened, I mean, it totally deflated me. So I haven't DJed in that capacity since. Now I've done other things on Zoom, but I have not Facebook Live since. That is crazy. Absolutely. All right, let's let's bring it back local. <laughs> my mind is blown right now by the world and its power and capacity. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's difficult. I. <sighs> I wanted to know, um, do you feel like Black artists, or you can even bring it to you, um, are commissioned or hired enough in Humboldt County? Are we visible enough to even Mm. brought to the table? Mm. Now, I... um, I was fortunate because I was a host on KHSU, the now um, ghost ship radio station as part of Humboldt State's um, NPR affiliate station. So because I was um, a DJ and a producer and a programmer there, I got greater exposure. Um, and at that time, KHSU was the most widely listened to radio station. And I believe up into up until the point where it was shut down, I was the only African-American woman on the air at at that in that capacity. Um, there are women of color. Um, there are people of color who are on local airwaves but not to the magnitude of that of KHSU. So because of that, like I said, I got greater exposure because I am so diverse and I'm kind of a social butterfly and I know and talk to everybody. I um, really didn't do much. um, I didn't do much uh, uh, advertisement. I word of mouth. And I got a lot of exposure that way. Speaking Um, of word of mouth, I remember when I first met you three years ago, you were like, here's my card. I'm on air at this time. I was like, oh, dang, I got to make sure I'm up because I'm an early bird. I was like, oh, I got to catch this because I was so excited to not only see a Black person, but a Black artist. And on the air, like, I I got here and I was like, this car ain't got no (laughs) I was like, oh. 
<laughs> you know, back at that time, I had two radio shows. I had Body and Soul. Okay, I got to throw this out because I love saying it, um, where I set the mood for your late night rendezvous. So the, the voice changed, my demeanor yes! changed, and, and, and my tagline, my tagline is, remember, I promise to turn you on if you promise to turn me on. <laughs> I mean, and it was, it was, it was exactly that. It was a slow, slow jam show. So I was playing everything from Guapale to um, the theme song was Body and Soul from Anita Baker. Body and Soul. So I can't sing, but you get the gist. Um, so, I mean, I, I played, you know, Donny Hathaway, Layla Hathaway, um, Guapale. I played, uh, 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 I'm not going to say August Al Alcina, uh, but yeah, I'm not even going there. No. Don't entangle yourself in lies, okay? Oh, lies or half-truths. But I'm, again, that's another story. That's another podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I played everything from uh, uh, October London to uh, Her to SZA to Al Green to Marvin Gaye and um, Santana. Um, I played it all. And then a few hours later, I stepped on over into the place. And it was uh, an oldie show that went from, it went from uh, music from the 60s to modern day music. My very last show was connecting my neighborhood growing up to my community here in honoring Nipsey Hussle. And of all the things I've done musically, that I think I can make that my legacy. That I am so proud of that piece of work that, that I did. Rest in peace, Nipsey. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, there was a show you invited Black Humboldt to with artists that performed for Black Humboldt. What show was that? So um, I also was a host of a talk show, one of the rotating hosts. It was called Thursday Night Talk. But on the nights that I hosted, the, it was called The Race Beat. And we talked about all things, all things related to Blackness, to Indigenous issues, to Latinx issues. And I, I wanted to bring a spotlight to us, all of us, to the others. So we would not feel like the other. Wow. I think this conversation was so full. Like I have <laughs> nothing else to ask, but I would like to offer and ask if there's anything that you would like to drop a dime on for the Black, uh, for the black folks who exist uh, in Humboldt County or um, as far as your artistry, um, do you want to speak to Black artists or to humble people in general? You know, I'm, I'm doing something new right now. I'm doing driveway um, movies, drive-in movies at my house by invite only. I'm not putting it out to the wide universe because not everybody should be privileged enough to enter my space. But 
those who are privileged enough to enter my space, be it in my home or my driveway, I am doing family movies. And then I'm introducing a little bit of blackness in that. So um, last week I played Uptown Saturday Night. I don't know if Uptown Saturday Night has ever been shown here in Humboldt. Um, tomorrow night I am airing If Bill Street Could Talk. Um, next week, I will probably do Roll Bounce. So I am still offering Blackness through the arts. It's just through the, um, through movies. And, you know, I'm trying to bring things that I love to a wider audience. And I get to socialize a little bit safely and uh, through social distance because Everyone is contained in their cars. That's beautiful. So, you know, with that, I I guess I will um, recommend to any artist, uh, any Black artist here, be creative. Find ways to circumvent um, this pandemic that we are currently in. Um, I know you have done yoga on Zoom. Hey, you you are still sharing your artistry um, safely. Find a way. And if you build it, they will come. I mean, I have a 120-inch screen outside of my garage, and all you have to do is pull up into my driveway and tune your radio station, uh, your radio to a certain station, and you can sit in the luxury of Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did yeah. not know you set it up that far. Oh my oh. gosh. Um, you know what? Wait a minute. Anything I do is going to be funky. Anything <laughs> I do, I got to take it to the next step. This is nostalgic because I used to go to a drive-in movie theater in Baltimore that's been operating and running since before I was born. So they've had this thing down packed and rolling for forever. So like the year that you got it that far down packed, oh my goodness. You oh, legit. Oh, and I just bought uh, a new projector yesterday. It was just delivered. I don't even have to connect my iPad or I mean, excuse me. I don't have to connect my laptop to the projector. My fire stick connects to it. Wow. Wow. Anything I do gots to be funky. Y'all hear that DJ Boogie? <laughs> anything that she does has to be funky. Thank you so much, DJ Boogie, for coming through, blessing the Black Aesthetic Podcast. Absolutely. We love you, always support you. DJ Boogie, always be on the ones and twos, holding the music down. Thank you for being here, DJ Boogie. Can you please tell our listeners uh, all your handles? Where can we reach you if you, if you need to be reached by someone? Let's see. You can hit me. You can email me at djlboogie707, excuse me, 707 at gmail.com. That's djlboogie707 at gmail.com. You can find dj.l.boogie on Instagram and djlboogie on Facebook. Nice. Oh my goodness. Can we get can we get that DJ sound for me? Just give it one time. This is DJ Elbuggy signing off.
Have a good night to the good morning. Thanks, y'all, for listening to The Black Aesthetic. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in every Wednesday. Follow us on all socials at Black Humboldt and check out our website at www.blackhumboldt.com. If you want to send some love and feedback, email us at blackhumboldt at gmail.com. And make sure to use the hashtag Black Humboldt Aesthetic. B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C on social media. Until next time, continue to walk in your Black excellence.